This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Another one. Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, guys, uh, in the wake of the 28-21 win uh, for Washington over Cal down at Berkeley, and Wooly Dog, you were our boots on the ground yesterday. Um, and why don't you just kick things off by describing, you know, what it was like wandering around Berkeley. And then as you got into the stadium there, um, what you kind of witnessed, and then we'll transition from there into, uh, just the game itself. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm in a great spot to trash the place. I'm sitting on campus right now. Uh, so, uh, I'm sure it somebody, but no, I was, I've never been here. I've been to the Bay Area a million times. I've never specifically been to Berkeley, but uh, hmm. Not impressed. Uh, every a lot of stuff closed down. A lot of homeless people. Uh, just not a lot of people out. Uh, not a high percentage of attractive people. Uh, pretty low actually. And uh, but just around, just around the town, <laughs> shocking. No one, no one seems to be you know having that good of a time. Uh, a lot of sobriety it seems like. But uh, I mean the stadium is just like just. Startling. I mean, you go to Husky Stadium. There's definitely been some indifference and uh, you know empty seats. I mean, the Arizona game I was there and it was not impressive at all. Uh, but I, I this was totally different. I don't know if I've ever I've been to Stanford too, and for some reason I felt like you know in 2019 this was worse. Uh, almost no one there. Uh, even the Husky the Husky contingent was pretty didn't seem very big, and it's just a weird setting to watch a college football game and to have a you know parentheses power five conference football program here that you know recently has produced not just a ton of nfl players but good nfl players it's just so weird that this is where they played and like it the whole thing was just bizarre the game it made the game was a weird choppy game on the field anyways but i think it it made it extra weird just with the setting. And I can't imagine that it's not strange for any team that comes in here and plays in that that environment. You know, um, I've only been to Berkeley once, and that was, as I was saying on the boards during the week, I was there two weeks after 9-11. And um, a girl that I was seeing at the time, we went to the game. And first of all, A, walking around Berkeley, we went to an Indian restaurant, had a nice meal. And then as we were approaching the stadium – we were we were seated in like the back right corner where most Husky fans were, 
and we were coming up that one street and there was and so we were right in everybody's we were all we basically right there in the front yard of all these like fraternity houses and guys were out you know uh, drinking and playing uh you know beer pong or whatever and it was just it was a real festive atmosphere and the stadium was probably about 70% full when we were there and there was a big husky crowd and the Huskies fell behind 21 to 3 was cuz it was Rick Neuheisel of course and we came back and won late in the game. But and overall, and then and then we left the stadium, and then we it took us over two hours to find the car. I remember that. <laughs> but uh, but 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 anyways, it's like it's totally the complete opposite of everything that you just described. I mean, I don't remember like seeing one homeless person there for for example. And then you were texting yesterday and saying there was homeless people everywhere, and times have changed. Yeah, it's. I think across the board, yeah, it just felt like it felt like there weren't even that many students out. Uh, and I was like, for a second to the point, on Friday night, I was just walking around town uh, seeing what I could see, and I was just shocked with the lack of young people out to the point where I was like, is school in session? Is it like a break? Uh, hmm. I, was actually, I was actually surprised at the amount of students they had at the game, uh, which is kind of weird that like, – which I would say the same thing at Husky games. They actually seem to get a decent amount of students. I'm kind of surprised given, you know, the current uh, uh, climate for football, I think I would assume with young people, uh, especially the kind of young people that would go to a, a school like Washington or Cal. So, uh, but they actually had a decent amount of student, students there. Uh, yeah, the, the setting is just weird. There's, there's like one big sports bar in like the whole town, and it was out of business. <laughs> I walked up to it because we were, oh, we were wow. looking for somewhere to to watch games before, uh, to watch games and have some beer before the game. And I walked all the way up to it on campus. And, uh, I think it's called Pappy is after, you know, one of their many legendary coaches from like 1924. Uh, and it was out of business. So like the only place to watch football before like the game. Was like, yeah. It was like a brewery with like four small TVs. It's where the Husky pregame was. And I was trying to watch Texas and Oklahoma State, and they were blasting Karma Chameleon, uh, and there was no audio on the game. So, uh, that sounds great. Grim. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you guys be, checked off. I think you guys That'd be like a David every, Lynch movie, every, like, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think you I think I think you guys checked off every single Bay Area stereotype in both of your soliloquies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was, for, for whatever reason I was looking up. Um, I don't know if I was texting. Uh, maybe I was texting my friend because he was gonna he was gonna drive around and look around. Um, Stanford Palo Alto area or whatever. Um, and uh, he was asking what sports bar it was that he and I went to in 2017. And also uh, Wooly Dude, you know, myself and two other friends of ours uh, that went to the game with Wooly Dude last night. But the, we were wondering what, what bar it was. And it, he was wondering what bar it was that he and I hung out at, you know, in Stanford and, you know, before the game 2017, and it was the uh, the old P. It was a I don't know, it was a pretty decent sports bar, and uh, you know had TVs and and uh, in 2019, the four of us camped out there for shit a good 
eight to ten hours before the game because it was a late. I'm pretty sure it was like a six or a seven o'clock, somewhere around their kickoff. Uh, anyways, I looked it up and Googled it, and that's out of business, too. Wow. So, oh, God. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so wow. Yeah. To, the, 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 basically, the only sport – I mean, that was the only sports bar we we found. I mean, I found it in 2017, you know, looked it up 2019. It was still, like, the only sports bar, and now it's it's gone. So, wow. I don't know what – I don't so, know what – I don't know what changed in – I don't know what changed, you know, uh, culturally, culturally and, you know, internationally in three years, but nothing comes to the top of my head. Well, it almost makes you wonder if uh, Justin Wilcox pulled an Earl Thomas and went into the Husky locker room after the game and said, get me on your team. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, because I almost felt sorry for him when the camera was panning on him in the fourth quarter there, in the third quarter, and even though Cal was obviously still in the game, very I mean, they were even leading in the third quarter for God's sake. Um, don't don't feel bad for him. Canzano and and Wilner got him a nice raise for you know being <laughs> a being a. I mean, you'd call him a above average coach. He's kind of dealt a really shitty hand during COVID, so. Uh, no, exactly. And also, my impression, I've never met him, I've never talked to him, but my impression of him was that he's not a total douche and, and, he's, no. and he's in an impossible situation. And it's just kind of like, you, you get to be a head coach of a Pac-12 team, but you're dealing with all that shit down there. It's just like, we think it's bad here at times, but it's like, you know, we could mm-hmm. still win ten, eleven games with the stars aligned. You know, but it's it, generally speaking, but um, not this year. But um, you know, I just I don't know. I just that was just my reaction. I was just kind of like, God, I almost feel. I know the guy's a millionaire, and you know, you know, there's a lot more worse things in the world. But it's just like the head coach of the Cal Bears right now is just a tough, tough deal. Sonny Dykes is probably pretty happy to not be there anymore. So, yeah, I mean, he's. You know he's. Uh, we always joke around like you know they get they get all juiced up for the Huskies and you know it's it's like a Super Bowl game for them and you know it could be a it could be that that defensive scheme he runs is just a terrible terrible matchup for you know the last you know three now Husky regimes even though the offense. The offense moved the ball last night. It you know it wasn't like there was three and outs all over the place. Well, but we averaged three point two yards a carry, you know, including one sack. But um, you know, it wasn't like we were a juggernaut. Um, and, we, and we'll we'll touch upon that in, in a bit. But I will say this: you know, Cal takes a seven six lead in the third quarter. Rod Gilmore on cue refers to it as a barn burner in Berkeley. <laughs> um, you know, it was like, what? Um, uh, but are you, is somebody in a wind tunnel? Uh, I've been counted <laughs> Has has Putin launched nukes? What if it's? <laughs> <laughs> I encountered some wind. I'm moving. Oh, okay. <laughs> it didn't sound good. <laughs> Time for a buddy check. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So, but I guess uh, just like what Hugh Husky was, you know, uh, I don't want to say he was calling me out, but he was, so, hey, Derek Johnson, are you going to say that two and six with warts, or six and two with warts is better than two and six with warts? And, you know, we're six and two, but it's just like, just like, my feeling is very similar to last week. It's just kind of like, okay, we won, but you you could just see that the product we're playing against is total shit. And it's like I thought Wilcox had a, a, a good defensive plan to try to, uh, you know, stretch the game out and everything. And he even had a lead in the third quarter when he had no business having the lead. Um, so I, 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 in that sense, I tip my hat to him. But you, if you want to go, well, how bad is the Husky defense in the back? Not just the secondary, but the back seven, really. Jack Plummer, who's got to be, if not the worst quarterback we faced this year, then he's second worst. 21 of 34, 245 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, we did a decent job stopping the run, and we had a bunch of sacks, so that helped the numbers, but we held them to 61 yards and two yards of carry. But, um, you know, a, a quarterback that's like that shouldn't be throwing like that against us. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm talking too much, so you guys give your thoughts or respond to what I'm saying or whatever thoughts are going through your mind. Well, the fair, all fairness to you, I was the one that said it was better to be five and two with warts than two and five with warts. So, oh, well, maybe I, he I, was copying I, you. I'm guess I'm guessing I got to retract it and say, uh, well, it's, well, I guess I want to be two and six. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm trying. I'm I mean, trying, we're, we're six to two. I'm trying to. I'm trying to sit there and and. You know, look at the, you know, look at the big picture, and yeah, I look. Our our back seven is is god awful right now, but it's like, you know, you you're, you're still you're you're six and two. I mean, it's I don't, you know, it's <laughs> I you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be. It's like you look at the record. Uh, yeah, the old Bill Parcells quote. You know, you. You are what your record says you are, and it's like, I, you know what? What do, what do you want to? What do you want to do? What, I mean, are you? We should we should be seven and one. I mean, because you know Arizona State what? looks like a shit team with the with the starter in now. So like, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're validated there at least. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the. I was looking at the drive chart um, last night after the game, and Cal scored on their their fifth, sixth, and eighth drives. You know, and they they scored twenty one points. So you know, I was looking at it like I was like, okay, because they scored all three touchdowns in such a short like sequence of drives. Is that mm-hmm. is that why is that why I'm angry? Because they went, you know, their first the first half they went punt 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 on all their drives, and and I was sitting there looking at it like, okay, if they scored on their second drive, their fifth drive, and they were down twenty eight to fourteen, and then on their eighth drive they scored a touchdown, and then they were down twenty eight twenty one. And the game was never in doubt. 
would we be mad about the defense? But because they scored it in such a short, tight little sequence, is that, you know, and then we basically had to get in a little mini shootout in the the third and the, you know, the fourth quarter with them. You know, is that is that why is that why I'm so like upset at the defense? You know, like if they could have spread out the touchdowns, would we be that annoyed with it with the defense? Probably not. Well, I think I don't it, know. we're cognizant of the fact that Cal lost to, to Colorado for God's sake. And here yeah. we are losing, trailing seven to six in the third quarter. And you go, well, well, okay, well, you're, you know, if you're in the den of Death Valley in Baton Rouge or something, you go, well, you have to deal with that. But no, we're dealing with, according to Woolley, there was like, you know, 9,500 people there or whatever. <clears throat> it sounds like it was a golf tournament or something on TV. Um, that must have been the most quiet college football game I've ever heard on TV. Um there wasn't really that much adversity, and it was just a feeling like, why aren't we more ahead, you know, in this game, you know? So, well, yeah, I, I was just—I I mean, I'm trying to play a little, little—I don't know—devil's advocate. Sure, sure. Psychologic, psycholo- psychology with with. Well, it was myself last night. You know, I was like, I was like, can I just be positive about being six and two? Can I look at <laughs> try to find something? <laughs> exactly. It was more with me last night, and then I was like, "Well, maybe I can uh, try to just calm down, you know, three and a half people on the podcast tomorrow." <laughs> you know, um, well, Joey, it, since yeah. you and I are both since you and I are both Seinfeld aficionados, um, <laughs> you remember the scene where uh, they're doing surveillance with the uh, sniffing accountant, and it's Newman, George, sure. and Jerry in the car at night. And then they're doing that thing about Monday has a feel, Friday has a feel, Wednesday has a feel, Thursday doesn't have a feel, and all that. Yeah. Six and two is supposed to have a certain feel. But it, our six and two feels like three and five or something. Four and four. There we go. Six yeah, and two, it feels like we're four and four. It, it does. It's it's a weird – yeah, you're trying – I know you're trying – <laughs> I, that's what I'm trying to rationalize. It's like, a, okay, I'm trying to look at, okay, we're six and two, you know, or I'm trying to be like, you know, good with it, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it is funny. Well, what was Wooly's thing from a few months ago about? <laughs> well, I can't remember the full joke, but it's like closing time at the bar. We got a three sitting there. But we got Tui out in the parking lot, or I think that was the coaching, coaching search pod or something that we had. But yeah, um, it was about Wilcox, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay. Um, anyways, I was going to tie that into. Um, we're, we're sitting there looking at the three and trying to rationalize it, that it, it could be a six or a seven in a certain light, or you know, I shouldn't say it, she, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm cognizant of our listeners out there, and we don't want to come on and go, oh, welcome to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. God, you know, we won last night. And everything <laughs> sucks, you know. <laughs> you know we don't want to be that way, but, you know. Well, could, should, we, should we just get, like, you know, we've we've been negative. Should we just get a couple more negatives out of the way and then get to anything positive, you know? <laughs> 
we need to have a positive feature of the of the podcast. Uh, yeah, the segment, yeah. the positive segment. Um, okay, yeah. well, yeah, all right. What, let's throw whatever other cards we have on the table that are negative that we're not happy about. Then we'll go positive. Then we'll start answering questions from the from Hardcore Husky. Um, I think that the Wayne Talapapa situation, someone called it the Wayne Talapapa experiment. Um, it, it's time to put that to rest now. Um, yeah. He's a good blocker. But he's at such a liability, especially in space. And um, you know, let's let's give the ball to Cam. And, and to their coach's credit, they, I'm looking at the stats right now. They gave the ball to Cam Davis 13 times yesterday for 46 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he also caught two passes for 18 yards. So they're working him in there. And we haven't seen anything from. Um, I'm forgetting the guys. Uh, Sam Adams. Um, he only carried the ball twice yesterday, but um, I, I, I would like to see him carry the ball six, seven times a game. But, anyways, Wayne Talapapa, thank you for your service. It's, uh, yeah. it's no, time time to bring up some of the young kids. I mean, it looks like he played a lot less in the second half. So it, it was uh, well. It was mostly he was, it looked like mostly Cam Davis and uh God. Yeah, there's another negative in there that we gotta get to later. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh it was mostly Cam Davis and it, I Cam Davis just he's always got the one mysteriously bad bad play where you know, like last week or whatever, but but it looks like he he kind of could he's he could be the back that just gets in some kind of you know some kind of rhythm and can get it going. So or give the ball to Will Nixon seven or eight times. I, I he he could do something, but um, look good. I, I, I don't think he's you know he's not Herschel Walker in his prime, but he's not the he's not Wayne Talapapa either. So. So, uh, Alex Cook, for a brief minute there, I thought there was somebody on the boards before the game said, you know, PM to Alex Cook, it would be totally acceptable for you to actually make a tackle or get an interception today. And uh, he gets the pick, and then the flag on the play, and there was interference, but and it was it was, it was was a right call. But um, for a brief minute there, he almost got a pick, and uh, it was almost redemption, but it wasn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Willie, are you, you still among the living? <laughs> no, I'm. I mean, I mean, I don't really have too many uh, negative or positive thoughts. Uh, other than what we talked about, I mean, it was such a, it was a very choppy, strange game. Where I mean, the thing to me is just like, it felt like this: the Michigan State, Stanford, Arizona. I guess all their all their wins against, you know, power conference teams, uh, it just felt like the whole time they were like one play away from busting it open, and then that play never fucking happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. The whole time they're like, okay, they get up, uh, and you're like, uh, if they just get like, if they could ever just get like a, a defensive touchdown or like a big turnover, uh, something like that, you know, that happens for every, every team around the country all the time. Uh, it never happens, and the other team – 
always makes the play, like, to keep themselves in the game. It's just like it never – they have a lot of games where it feels like they suddenly – they could be up by 28 or it's going to suddenly be like a, a game, and it, it always heads in the direction of being a game, which I guess goes along with having the bad defense. Uh, and I think probably having an attitude and like uh, regime change where I don't think they know how to play with momentum yet. I think they can they can do some things well, but they just don't have that like – killer instinct and confidence in themselves to, you know, have blood in the water and and go after it. Instead, they kind of let the other team linger. So, I mean, I'm glad they got the win, but it was not a particularly impressive or enjoyable game. It kind of felt like the whole time you're watching, it was like they're dominating this game and suddenly they're somehow they're behind now in the third quarter. So exactly. uh, it's not a game that I ever really want to experience again. And, uh, I I don't know. It's a, overall it's a weird season. It hasn't been. It, it started so high with that Michigan State win, and then that turned out to be nothing. And then it just feels like kind of a and Stanford. Yeah, yeah, Stanford. It feels like it's going to kind of just be like a ho hum season, even if they go. I think they have a decent chance to you know get to nine wins, and if they win a bowl game, you know, ten wins. But it's going to kind of feel like the weirdest like least exciting 10 win season ever. And I think part of that is just playing in the Pac-12 because I think the Pac-12 is a fucking joke. Uh, yeah. I see a ceiling of nine wins with a bowl win. I don't see us getting 10, but it's a whole other conversation. But um, I don't see us beating both Oregon State and Washington State with the way that we're going right now. And, I, uh, you know, and the Oregon game is just going to be just kind of lower ahead and take our beating. And I know you say before, oh, it's it's attitude. You got to have the better attitude or whatever. But you know, we're going to get just abused on defense. So, no, well, I, I don't have that attitude. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how is it possible that okay, you've got everybody on the 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 back, you know, the back five of the secondary, the you know the two corners, the two safeties, and then the, you know, the Husky position or whatever. So the be- the best guy, I don't know if you'd agree, but the best guy would be Michelle Powell, to me, anyways. Probably. Uh, so he's a walk-on. So you've got the, you've got all the scholarship guys. I mean, all the scholarship guys are, are uh, terrible. They're below average. They're below average, you know, they can be below average, you know, Mountain West players. That's how bad they are. They're, I mean, they're Yeah, they're that's bad. fair to say. You know, I mean, you gave, I mean, Perryman, Boy, Dom Hampton's lucky because if Perryman wasn't on the team, Dom Hampton would be ba- bad. We're we're not talking a lot about how bad Dom Hampton. Is. <laughs> uh, he's not he's not good. I, no, I, I know, but the, the fact the fact we're that's a, like a blessing for Dom Hampton that Perryman's on the team. Uh, that's what I'm laughing at. They honestly should look into moving Dom Hampton to linebacker next year. I he, think that's he can't a good cover. comment. He can't cover. He's got he's got good size. 
you know, and maybe he can, uh, maybe he can be more of a, you know, kind of a will linebacker or something that, I mean, you know, yeah, I tallied up all the tackles for all five, uh, all five linebackers that, that played last night, 12 tackles total. That's more than last week. I mean, that's for a linebacker. That's bad. Chris Mole was the leader in tackles with four. I I mean, that's just – it's just alarming. It, they, they don't have one – did you ever think there was a day where you'd want Jackson Sermon back on the team? <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, as bad as linebackers are, I just – I've probably said on the board and podcast before. I I don't understand the scheme. And I was talking to people, you know, other fans last night, and they're like, yeah, it seems like the ball is snapped and the linebackers, like, go onto the sideline and then come back after the play is over. Like, I haven't seen the linebacker make a play in the ball practically all season in the air. They're just – and they're not in the backfield. They're not getting sacked. They're not blitzing. Uh, it seems like if they do blitz, they send <laughs> – Fabiculanin or uh, Dom Hampton, they just get vaporized at the line. I don't, I don't like the, the scheme is just strange to me. It's also the same thing talking to people. It's like they have like it seems like they drop like seven guys every play, and then yet anytime the ball is in the air or once the guy catches it, there's never more than one guy anywhere near it. It's really weird. Yep. I, uh, yep. And I've been at you know. Uh, so many games this year, it's kind of a different perspective and it's easier to not see what's going on totally, but it just really feels like it just feels like a lot of guys aren't even out there. It's just very strange. Uh, I mean, honestly, it kind of just seems like the front four it basically, unless the front four can get a sack on their own, it's just an automatic you know, really good gain for the other team. Long story short, I think they got in, I mean, my hope is that they they won't. My hope is that they go out and get a real defensive staff next year. But either way, I think they got to rethink this scheme. Uh, it, it does not seem to work at all. Well, the one thing I mean, is, a- in defense of the coaches, it's like they, these are the players they have, and, and they'll and to their credit, DeBoer's not saying this publicly. Ray Bannon pointed that out. Um, that he hasn't done the old Ty Willingham, Steve Sarkeesian thing about he needs more bullets or whatever. Um, but, you know, if you had the greatest staff on earth defensively, we would be better than we are. But I, I, you, you're so limited when you just don't when you just don't have anything in the back end there. And, and uh, um, there's more I can well, say, but that, that uh, uh, sums it up. So. We haven't improved every week, though, and that's something I put on the coaches. You need to see a little improvements, and we're I – mean, we held up to 21 points yesterday, but that was a horrific offense. It was a good and I know Gilmore. Yes, and Gilmore uh, and the other guy, I don't remember the other announcer's name, uh, if you know, if I had five cents every time they said Jade Knott's name and acted like he was a Heisman candidate, um, probably would have had about $300. I mean, it was really something – but that was a that was a bad football team and a bad offense. So, he's a yeah, good, was, he, he's a he's a good running he's a good running back. But oh, absolutely. But uh, 
but better uh, than anything we have. But they should be they should be really asking like, how the hell did they land that kid? Why how why would he want to go there? <laughs> play, put, play in front of that, you know. And and then you 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 look at Washington, and you're like, why can we not get that kid? Why? Why why does Oregon State have a running back every fucking year? Why does Arizona State have a running back every fucking year? All the time. They, Utah. These schools got Utah. Yeah, yeah. They always have a running back. Like it's not USC and UCLA, you get it. You know, like these some of these smaller schools where you're like you're like, how do they have this guy every year? They have a they have a decent running a good running back every single year. Well, I mean, imagine if we had, and I'm not even talking Miles Gaskin, but if we just had an above average running back that was durable this year, imagine our offense. Oh, Lamont Coleman. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pull there. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, was, he, was he was Gaskin's backup. And he was he legit won us games. You know, he was kind of the Leon Neal of our time of this it. era. Yeah, yeah. It is a very husky thing to have, you know, great running backs for like legit ten ten straight seasons, and then now when they really could, their offense is actually dynamic and they can do do a lot with them. They don't <laughs> suddenly. It's like where you kept having it, where you were like, oh, they have a. Uh, Polk to Stanky to Gaskin, and you were kind of like, man, like it's it's gonna suck when they don't have a really good running back, and then they're there, they don't have a good running back. Uh, you know, it happened. It was kind of the same thing at defensive tackle. I mean, my biggest question is, you know, when you're talking about the lack of bullets in the secondary, you're like, well, uh, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because their coach was. Uh, for two years, and their defensive coordinator was a you know a defensive back guru, right? He uh, he totally he, he would have recruited uh, defensive backs to play, right? Oh no, he didn't. He didn't recruit anybody. Uh, yeah, he quit. Like, <laughs> it's just like he quit. too much. I mean, <laughs> not even a not even a base level. No, yeah. I mean, like I mean, we're saying, these guys deal, would yeah. they'd struggle to play for Utah State or or, or I don't want to say Montana, but. You know, they they would struggle. I, they would I, I pick any mountain uh, west school. <laughs> I'd take the hog tires and shit kickers from Montana over these guys. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, don't they have a don't they have a uh, FDS All American and a uh, uh, Paramin? I mean, this, which seems strange. I mean, you feel like. You feel like you watched a draft in the you know uh, the top one or two cornerbacks from you know Division One AA usually get drafted. You know they're usually pretty good. <laughs> he shows up and he's just not even well, remotely. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, like uh, how many times? How many times do do we text each other? You know, like, hey, just go find you know this guy from FCS or you know or or back and. Just go get him to transfer here, and then, and then you know he'd be an immediate upgrade or whatever. And then we do it, you know, we question mark do it, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> like we, we go out, we get Perryman, and it and it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I mean, the luck, I was, of, the luck of it all. It's, it's incredible. You have to think, you know, with there was that linebacker, I think he ended up at Miami. He was a UCLA guy. I can't remember his name. He was like Mitchell Duty or something. And he was like okay at UCLA, like maybe like a second team all Pac-12 guy, maybe. And the word – he was considering Washington when the word was like, oh, he was going to get like 50000 He wanted like $50,000. And it was like, well, this is over. Uh, <laughs> right, I remember I, that, yeah. So you have to think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Perriman was a legit, you know, kind of guy who's a D, he's a D, uh, one double A guy, but he's going to go in like the fourth round and he's really good, he would be at a different fucking school. That's the truth. With these transfers, you're wondering why they, they, they aren't good. Is you have to think if they, they were, they would be, you know, making money somewhere else. I just had a flash of insight. Maybe it's this top shelf brewed in Seattle mushroom coffee that's supposed to have nootropics. That helps stimulate the brain cells and neurons. But Jerry, my brain is bossy. <laughs> um, that was for you, Joey. Um, and maybe maybe Grundle if he's out there chuckling. Um, but imagine this: if you had an eBay type of thing, and somebody like enters the portal, and then they go on there, and it could be like on ESPN.com/slash eBay or whatever, and then everybody could just start bidding. And then you watch it for 14 days or whatever. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then it gets up to $106,000 for whatever, and then the time runs out. And, oh, and, and people would be – I mean, that would you could charge for that. People would pay money to go on the site and follow it. You'd have your recruit nicks on there. <laughs> like a fantasy draft. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then, you know, all of a sudden here comes Oregon in the final 30 seconds with the, you know, the $140,000 bid or whatever. Maybe it says, you know, Uncle Phil won or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, just a thought that I had. That would actually generate revenue if they wanted to put – if the NCAA or whatever or the, you know, college football major conferences wanted to put that together, that would actually uh, get a lot of people talking, and, and uh, I think that would really uh, be interesting. But, you know, that just, came out it of just field, dawned but, on me – it just dawned on me – you know, Willie Duke was talking about a linebacker making a play or something like that. Uh, there was one tackle for loss where Chris Mole did come. I mean, he just came straight through the gap. It was, you know, the run was mm-hmm. designed to, to go through and, you know, he made that tackle. So there was one good play I saw. <laughs> so he's our uh... – <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I mean – I was going to make a really bad joke. made a tackle, tackle since, like, Stanford. I haven't even seen him. Yeah. Yeah, but well, I, I was looking the other day. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, the I, I, we're not going to get a – if they are going to make a move with defensive coordinator, which I don't have my hopes set high that something's going to happen, no. some kind of change is going to happen. But uh, – um, It requires spending you know, money. Yeah, they're not going to go make a lateral move. And I was just looking at, you know, the if the San Jose State defensive coordinator doesn't uh, doesn't get a promotion somewhere to a bigger bigger thing, he's making three hundred ten thousand dollars a year, and you could you could essentially double his salary, and you've got a guy who's been mainly West Coast 
for his whole career. I forgot his name. His name is Derek. Derek's something I'd have to Google it, but uh, I think they're. Uh, I think San Jose State is in the top ten um, points per game defensively. Well, I, you know, yeah, I know it's Mountain West, but no, I hear you. Still, it's you know, it it, it it's a scheme Derek thing. Odom. If he brings Derek Odom, yeah, it, you know, he brings it, bring a scheme, you know, to uh, to the defense and. Um, DeBoer probably knows him, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he does, yeah. Uh, I just got a text yeah. from the mother of Alfonso Tupatala. He had three tackles yesterday, <laughs> Willie. Three <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he, uh, Sorry, Joey. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, – I want to – there's, there's just no. I'll do a George Carlin bow cause, and not do a segue. You know, it's. Uh, I'll just in in that in that little negative. I just want to throw out the uh, the uh, the the offensive line has been pretty damn good this year. Um, okay, yeah, the pass blocking. Their, their run blocking has improved incredibly since the first couple incredibly. of weeks. Incredibly. That so, there we go. I, I think. Uh, Fifty-five minutes I'll, into the podcast, I'll do it. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to speak for. I won't speak for you guys, but I'll just say, you know, to, you know, we may have we been just, slightly wrong. We may have been slightly wrong on you. Maybe it was a scheme because I know he was. Your, he was really your voice down cut out. Hamden. Your voice, the oh. thing, cut you out for about three seconds. I'm assuming you're talking about Huff, but you did. It was. It was silent. Yeah, I'd, I'd offer a offer a slight apology to him because I I think okay. a, a lot of it probably was scheme <clears throat> as to why the uh, the offensive line was failing so miserably the last two offensive coordinators. So, well, they weren't opening holes early in the season, and they certainly are now. I mean, if we had a halfway decent running back, we'd be getting a hundred yards every week from him. So, um. Yes, they 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 were in the past. Maybe maybe if we go back, maybe if we go back and watch some of the earlier games, maybe there was, maybe there was holes and lanes to run through, and Calipapa is just not good. Well, let's have a Kent State viewing party. (laughs) (laughs) Willie. I need to rewatch that game. Totally, yeah. I, I need to rewatch Portland State. Uh, I mean, it's one interesting thing, definitely with Huff, of like, what's the story with Victor Kern is? I mean, he was like the starter for two years, and I don't think he even gets like, I don't think he ever gets inserted as like even backup reps. So I think that's the kind of thing where you're like, was someone was Jimmy Lake like a big Victor Kern or? or Donovan, a big Vic Kern fan, because, like, I think that that's always a good sign when you're, like, you switch you switch re- regimes and suddenly there's a guy who's not playing, uh, and you're like, oh, uh, you know, all respect to him, but, like, I assume he's not very good, uh, and it's strange that they had him starting for two seasons because now he doesn't even play. So, uh, yeah, I think the, yeah, I think the, uh, the O-line is not the problem, uh, I mean, I think they're, again, they're playing bad teams. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in, uh, 
and at home, you know, are in a non a non stressful environment. I mean, they still haven't played a, a real road game, you know, with a real <laughs> opposing. Which the guys that was a that was a safe the, zone yesterday. <laughs> yeah, non stressful. Who at the game with me will be mad if I don't mention Cal has this. We're on the student section side, and they have the cheerleaders in front of the students, and they have this girl who's clearly a student who has, like, a microphone and is trying to pump up the crowd the whole time, and she's, like, yelling into the microphone on third down, like, making crowd noise, but it was so quiet there, you could just hear, like, her breathing. It was just really annoying and awkward. <laughs> it would be... I think I heard her a little bit on TV. You probably did. It would be kind of goofy <laughs> yeah. if there was actually people there, but, like, since there was no one there, it was just so awkward. You could just only hear her, and it was, like, blaring. And it was, like, such a weird environment to the point you're, like, can Penix hear this girl, like, saying, like, third and ten, do it again the whole time while he's, like, up there doing an audible and just, like, confused? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have a feeling this offensive line is fine, and they're not going to do that well when they have to play in Eugene or Pullman. Uh, and again, on top of that, I've talked about before, uh, I mean, I don't know. They do so many changes at the line of scrimmage. Like, what are they going to do when they're actually at a real road environment? Like, uh, I, I can't imagine. Like, I, I assume he's also, Penix is probably giving himself good protections when he gets up there and probably sees the defense and is able to, you know, pull in blockers or, you know, call a different play that's going to get him more protected based on what the defensive line lineman is. But what the fuck are they going to do when they're in Austin or uh, Martin Stadium? I don't know. Oh boy! Uh, yeah. But yeah, I uh, great point. I, I, I didn't mean to transition that to the negative, but yeah, the offensive line is uh, fine. And the good thing is, you know, three of the starters are gone next year. So, uh, but I think the the two the the two best linemen, are, the two best ones, are coming back. Uh, in Fatanu and Rosengarden at the most important spots. So I, I, Huff may have saved us, saved us, saved himself for at least another year. Well, I also have a hunch that maybe Grub is has a hand in things, and maybe he's helped save Huff too. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, uh, and by the way, po- po- shout out to post game orange slices because he and I had a little bit of an argument early in the year where I said I had. Huge concerns about the offensive line, and he said they were going to be fine. So, from uh, in that aspect, he was right. I was wrong. Um, is there anything else we want to address before we start answering questions? Not I. Oh, oh uh, one thing I'll add from what you were saying a second ago about how quiet it was, and, and Joey will probably recognize what I'm saying here. Um, there was once and maybe twice where the camera went to uh, the, the broadcast – the camera went to DeBoer on the on the sideline, and it was so quiet you could hear him yelling at the refs. Yeah, and that <laughs> yes, like you could hear what yes, he was saying. Yeah, the, the, the pick play the, <laughs> that the never pick happened. Play, you could clearly, yeah, because he uh, well, they called it offensive pass interference. I mean, oh, I remember the pick play, right, right. So he they called it a pick play, but he ran into his own defender. He. Just like it was really dumb. He 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 literally blocked. He literally blocked his defender. You know. It, well, we'd have to go back and look though. And Gil, I know Gilmore had a hard on for that play, which was annoying. But 
he might have been too far downfield to be doing that. He really locked him up. I don't know. I don't think it was right at the line of scrimmage. We'd have. I, I, I won't say that definitively, though. I, I need to see it again. You might be right. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was. It was. It was one of those where, where it was like, what? It's not even necessary. You know, no. you could have just. You just stood just there, kind of. He's he's following you. You just just run inside, run run him away from the play. I. You know, it was. It was unnecessary. It it it, uh, it didn't impact the play. Which I think refs need to start taking that into consideration. <laughs> like, did it really impact the play? No. So, I I, I don't know. Um, I think I think you know how they you know they always talk about hey you get this quarterback in a rhythm or you know you get this get this guy in a rhythm. Uh, coach has got to get in a rhythm, and everybody's talking about a rhythm. You know it's. Uh, Maybe, maybe refs get into a rhythm. You know, maybe they, they that's they possible. Start throwing yeah. a bunch, they start throwing a bunch of flags, and and then they start the game slows down. They start throwing more flags. You know, <laughs> they're, and, and they're feeling it. They're feeling it. They're they're feeling the game. You know, <laughs> or, or maybe they're maybe they're in the rhythm of like it, it's been a clean game, and let's just it, it's just continue going to be a clean game. We're in a rhythm. We're just. Where everything's running up and down the field, the game's flowing well. We're no penalties, you know. It's I, I don't know. It, it there's just it, it always seems like there's just these little like uh, like these like these runs, you know, of penalties. Like all of a sudden there's there's four drives, you know, two by each team, and they're they're just there's just flags all over the place. And you're like, can we can we just play football on behalf of both teams? Can we just play football I just I don't know there was a Pac-12 thing where yeah there was a Pac-12 thing where I feel like uh, you know I watch a lot of football from all around the country and it just always felt like the kickoffs kickoffs and punts in the Pac-12 had so many flags and then you'd watch other games and it's like there's almost never a flag on a kickoff but there was like 40% of Pac-12 games like there's like some sort of holding, holding our block, block in the back penalty on a kickoff, always on kickoffs. So I think there's, you know, I think there's tone and culture of different, you know, obviously different crews. And I mean, we know we're such psychotic losers that you know we know the crews. Where I was watching, I was watching here. I think it was Oklahoma State, Texas, uh, and without the sound on, I almost like blurted it out out loud in the bar, like, "Oh, it's the one." The the Asian Pac-12 ref guy, he, he's in the Big 12 now. It's like I'm like, why do I read? Why do I don't know his name? I, I uh, he's not Michael Mothershed or uh, uh, Francisco Land- Villar, <laughs> uh, Land Clark. Uh, who 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 is? I can't believe I'm forgetting glasses ref. Who who, who was the worst of all time? Uh, Jay Jay Stricker. Jay Stricker. <laughs> And then there's oh, Mark. Man. There's Mark Duddy. Mark Duddy is like Mark. the little playground, <laughs> playground tattletale, you know. Mark Duddy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think. Uh, I mean, did DeBoer sound skilled at ta- yelling at refs? Because I felt like Stark kind of just always seemed like he was whining, and I doubt that was effective. And Peterson kind of just seemed to pout. Uh, but then you had like when Chip Kelly was at Oregon, <laughs> you would see him just going ballistic and you could feel like the ref was like listening to him and then all of a sudden 
they would or wouldn't get a call. And I'm like, fucking Chip Kelly, god damn it. Like, he just fucking, he, he runs the draft. And the ultimate weirdo thing of, you know, everything to do with the, uh, the Oregon program of, like, Kip Kelly does not talk to the refs anymore. It's like, does he not care anymore? I feel like he's mm. – I feel, I feel like it's, like, so weird. Like, he used to be, like, I feel like in every play he was, like, screaming at refs, and now he kind of just stands there and fucking chaps his lips. So uh, he, he, used to, he used to be the guy that, uh, that was, like, the girl who no one ever told no. So when a ref would do something, <laughs> yes. when a ref would do something, he'd be like, he'd be like, "How dare you?" <laughs> no one tells me no, you know. And then uh, Sark was like, uh, Sark was like Jan Brady, <laughs> you know. It was like, <laughs> yeah. put the football hit yeah, her in the like, face. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like, no, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Some of it's good luck. A lot of it's brought on by you, <laughs> you know, like, you know. Uh, Sark yeah, always but, looked confused. But like, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. But and then there's guys like DeBoer and and Whittingham, where you know, and, and even like Wilcox, where like they're they're complaining about something, and and the look on their face, you you actually believe them, you know? Like, yes, yeah. Like like Whittingham last week when he was like when he was like that's so bad, you know, to the ref, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah, that is bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on his side. Yeah, that was bad. I don't, I don't, I don't root for Utah, but that sucked. You know, like, <laughs> you know, then on the other hand, like DeBoer, DeBoer's probably yelling at the ref. He's like, that probably that. You know, I, I didn't read his lips and didn't rewind it, but you know, he's probably saying that wasn't a pick play. He was blocking. You know, or what? You know, like. <laughs> And do you do you remember from roughly ten years ago when Oregon had uh, just destroyed somebody, and then uh, Chips on the field being interviewed by Aaron Andrews, and then there's a bunch of students goofing behind him, and he goes, "What you guys shut up?" That's an old timer. That is an old timer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of that Chip doesn't do that, that anymore. No. Huddle, like I was watching just little little minor things on that. You know, on the, uh, you know, on Chip Kelly's hurry up, you know, hurry up offense. And uh, I think I said, like, way back in, like, 08 or 09 or 2010, I think I told Wooly Duke and his dad, I go, I got this weird hunch that those stupid fucking cards they show up with the pictures, like, they don't mean anything. Because why, why do they have two you know, two, like, backup quarterbacks signaling in plays. Why Why are they holding up these cards? Like, you know, like, his whole thing, and, and then it came out, like, two years ago that, that they were, they, they don't mean anything. <laughs> you know, like, well, it, and then you start watching these little things. It's like, oh, he's he's running the swinging gate, you know, the, the two-point conversion because, you know, another team has to literally waste time at practice during the week practicing against that. And it takes away, it takes away practicing other things, you know, like their offensive defense. And then he's, he's running and he's screaming at the refs and the refs are panicking, trying to get to the ball, you know, and and they're trying to get the ball set. And, you know, Oregon is not getting penalized at all. You know, so it's like, oh, they're forgetting to throw penalties and their their receivers are holding all the time. The chains, the chains were never getting set. 
and you're not supposed to run a play without the chains being set. So then, like, the chains aren't set. They're running a play before the chains are set. And you're, you're going, like, this, this offense is just psychological on everybody but the offense. You know, it's, it's, it's creating a complete panic with every, every person involved in the whole, in the whole game. And now it's kind of it's kind of caught up to everybody does it, you know, and everybody's gotten accustomed to it. But yeah, back when it first started, it was it, that was the genius of Chip Kelly is like, oh, let's just let's just you know, let's just mind fuck everybody, you know, like let's just play a big mind game on everybody, you know. Yeah, and. and uh... You know, but for anybody out there like, hey, for example, they might say that that was the key to Oregon's success, but, you know, here they are under Lanning, and they're, they're cash of checks and EBD cards, EBT cards, and they're eating and <laughs> buying gold yeah, and whatever it's, else. It, <laughs> it, it, it's, all a, it's all a strange – it's all just a confidence that was created by – you know, not, a lot of their athletic programs weren't, you know, weren't, you know, great before – chip showed up you know it became like this cool school to go to for everything you know yeah yeah and uh i don't know i'll I'll, you know i'm surprised that they're doing as well as they're doing this year and then if you look at the recruiting they're doing it sure looks like the sky's the limit right now for them at least in relation to the pac-12 or whatever conference we end up being but um, I wish we had the recruits they're getting. I would feel a lot better about the future. So they're big yeah, recruits hey, still hey, play, though. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Like all of their players who make plays, other than uh, arguably Troy Franklin, are not big recruits. It's just been a weird vortex. It's like if you look at like both of their lines, it's all like a bunch of bizarro, like not big recruit. Like other than Noah Sewell, who's having a really bad year like, and Troy Franklin, I don't know, I don't want to get too deep into them, but, like, it's just, the chip thing is just, to to not get too deep into it, the chip thing is just, in the landing thing, is just another vortex of, like, anything that passes through there just is magic, and before it comes and after it leaves, it's nothing, other than, like, Justin Herbert, who ironically stuck there, and then DeForest Buckner. Uh, in any sport, too. It's, like, funny, too, because they convinced everyone that, like, Sabrina Ionescu is like the world's greatest women's basketball player of all time. And she's like, just like a borderline WWE all-star. But like for a while there, like you talk to random people who don't watch sports. They're like, who's the greatest, greatest girls college basketball player of all time? I'm like, Cheryl Miller. Like, who are you talking about? Like, Bernie Griner? <laughs> right. And like, or no, it's just, yeah, it's just one, <laughs> yeah. one girl. She played for Oregon. And like, you like, look it up. It's like, mm, like, I checked in on her. I'm like, Kelsey Plum might actually be better than her. Of course, Washington could never fucking market anything with that somehow. Uh, no. But <laughs> no. they they just let yeah they let them run away with this narrative. So, yeah, I mean, if we're kind of doing a, a temperature check in the conference, I am utterly baffled. I mean, the Pac-12 sucks, and I'm utterly baffled that Oregon might, like, not lose the fucking game in the conference with the team and the, the coaching that they have, I, I don't understand it. So that's, yeah. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to Regan Skank, who I, uh, she's the brother of Cage Skank that I, uh, I covered <laughs> her for four years at Woodenville. And she's going into her senior year as a point guard at Northern Arizona this year. And she's, uh, I forgot. It's like six, 
sixth in the nation last year in assists or something. So uh, one of the most competitive, both her and her brother, two of the most competitive people I've ever known in my life. And uh, no joke there, but Cage is at Eastern Washington right now as a second-year freshman, I think, or something. But anyway, hey, uh, nobody cares about that except me and Woodville people. But <laughs> no, no, good for her. Hey, hey, real quick on, uh, real quick on on Rod Gilmore. So. Yeah, uh, that that's a microcosm of how much teams, how much teams and players and former players, they've got some weird, you know, weird thing up their ass for Washington because he played at Stanford <laughs> and was on he was on the Stanford team for the play. So it, what if anybody's going to hate Cal and you know. <laughs> you know, it, oh, you know call it call a biased game against Cal. It should be him, and it seemed like he's like every one of those penalties, like like he's he's completely whiffing on on uh, McMillan getting held. You know, Dave Pash oh. has to point it out to him, and you're 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 like, hey, Rod, what? He, he's, he got mugged. That was an un, that was an uncatchable ball. Yeah, because he yeah, <laughs> McMillan. Yeah, he McMillan got wrestled got, to the ground. Yes, yes, he got tackled, you know, and then... Uh, That's kind of what happens then. And then Gilmore's saying, uh, you know, he's saying, oh, well, well, that's going to be a, you know, that's going to be a hold on, you know, a Cam Bright, but then it was actually a, you know, a legal man downfield, you know, or whatever, and, and he's saying, well, it should have been, it should have been offsetting penalties, you know, at, at, at worst or whatever, and, and then what, and then he's trying to, you know, like we talked before the pod started, he's trying to rationalize this this bullshit stoppage of the game on a on a on a uh, absolutely the clean quarterback hit called the targeting and he's saying well now you know the letter of the law you're leading with the head and it's like he he obviously oh. turns his head and it leads with his shoulder what i was what, like fuck you gilmore i mean it was so just fuck from the refs to him the whole thing was just like Five minutes of our lives we can't get back, you know, and and it's oh. just. Uh, well, th- thank God the rest. Th- that was a pretty quick, you know, review of the of the hit. You know, they as they reviews go, it, yeah. And, yeah, the the ref probably went over there, and the the guy was like, no, 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 just go back, just go back, just go back. <laughs> like, like <laughs> we're gonna get a lot of heat for this, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, could you could you imagine if? You know, some of those plays, they, you know, if that, that McMillan play, if it, if it happened, it's a 21-21 tie in the fourth quarter, you know, late, and, you know, that doesn't get called. I mean, it just, you know, you can't miss calls like that. You can't, you and can't what usually happens is Every ticky-tack call and then miss that one. But we would have to, in normal situation, 95% of the time, we would have had to have settled for a field goal there, uh, and it would have been blocked or something. But McMillan did end up getting the touchdown a couple plays later, but um, yeah. but usually it doesn't work yeah. out that way when you get robbed that badly by the refs. And that you know when something happens out in space like that in the middle of the field, you just wonder how nobody saw that that was wearing a striped shirt. And um, and, and I'm not claiming conspiracy against Washington. It just you know it just it just seemed like uh, for whatever combination of reasons that that the uh, scales were tipped against us, uh, against Cal uh, from the referee department a bit. And uh, and just, I don't remember any Cal, 
any any plays against Cal that were called against them that you were going, oh, that's not fair. Um, uh, uh, who did we play well, last was, week? It was Arizona. Arizona have, would have a beef because I think they got screwed three or four times against us last week by the refs. But um, anyways. Well, even the uh, even that holding call against Falcone, which was, I that was just a yeah, that was just an awful, awful, awful call, and and, and uh, you know, and Gilmore was like hesitant to you know he watches the play and he's he's just kind of like, oh boy, you know, and he's hesitant. And Dave Pash was like, if if anything. The defender held him, you know, and he's got to yeah. talk for Gilmore. It's like, just say it, Rod. <laughs> My well, God, Rod, man. Rod didn't like Washington, so. But Rod, no. Rod is just a, a he's a hack, and uh, I, you know, it was bad enough in the sense that the crowd was so quiet and there there was a bunch of energy and it felt like I was watching a screen game once again or something. And then you have to listen to those two guys and. Uh, you know, I don't even know what the other guy's name is. He seems like a nice guy. I'm hearing my voice come back to me. Hopefully the audience Dave, isn't hearing that. But Dave um, Pass. He seems like a nice guy if he was your neighbor or whatever, but I don't want to listen to him yammer for three and a half hours. He just it's just yeah. uh, anyways. We're being negative yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's get to the uh, questions. Or did you have more to say? Well, there's a question on the – I think there's a question on the game thread about the would you let Giles Jackson run the ball? And it's like, I, you know, no. kind of can't – I think it was Go Dogs T, and, and I said, like, you seriously want me to – you seriously want me to answer it? Like, you know, I, I do I have to answer it? Because I think everybody should know our feelings on Giles Jackson. <laughs> he did have one big – he did have a big catch. You know that catch mm-hmm. over the middle. You know that was a big catch, good, good play. But uh, him in the backfield, dear God, no. <laughs> I mean, let's, you can basically to... put Telepapa's jersey on Jackson, and you wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, yeah, true. So. What do we do? We get them both of the game and put them in space. You know, it's like. Uh, and by the way, we were talking uh, twenty minutes ago in something unrelated, but uh, oh, you were talking about referees and something else, but about the need to get into the flow of the game and get a rhythm. And one thing that I was going to mention earlier, but uh, didn't, uh, was that when you have one, two, three, four, five, six, six different running backs touching the ball. And and getting it almost an equal distribution of carries and Cameron Davis had thirteen carries, but then you had Newton with five, Telepapa with four, et cetera. Are you denying an opportunity? I like the idea that they're tinkering, the coaches are, but are you denying an opportunity to really get somebody going? And you know, why not? Why not try to go with Will Nixon with ten, twelve carries and see if you get a rhythm going? Or commit fully to Cameron Davis and give him 20 carries, or give Newton 10, 12, 14 carries. Um, shuffling them in and out, and you know, giving somebody a couple carries here or there, and then you're out for a quarter. And I, I don't know that that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and so that we're not too, you know, we don't, you know, to be fair to, you know, Richard Newton, that was a, that was a fucking huge play. That that catch by him, that was oh yeah, that was that was that was great. That was great. So good, good for him. 
good on him, you know. Um, oh, and then yeah. that was pure. It was a little bit of beast mode there, actually. Um, it was with the stiff yeah, arm and, and determination, and he had speed and. Um, and Cal's defense sucking probably helped a little bit there, but um, it was still a legitimate play, and it was great. So, and yeah, I think he's gonna, in about his ninth year, right? I'm hearing my voice again. <laughs> he's been uh, around for a while. Uh, I think he registered oh, it? in 2018. And oh, oh, yeah, Dick Newton. I thought you meant my voice. So yeah, never mind. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah, your voice redshirted in 2018 and. No, I said I'm hearing um, my voice come back at me again, and then you said he's been around for a while. So I thought, oh no, it's been part of the broadcast for 25 minutes. Oh, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought no, you were saying. Uh, Dick, so. Dick Newton's been around for, for a while. Uh, yes, he's been. Uh, he, did he play yeah, on that we, <laughs> Peach Bowl team? <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna get into uh, Are we gonna get into Sark at all? <laughs> well, I mean, if you guys, I mean, the Seahawks kick off in one minute. If you guys don't mind going longer than that, fine with me. I, I I can pause it. I got DVR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I mean, uh, I didn't see the game, but it put a smile on my face when I heard that they uh, blew it at the end. I mean, it's it's like the all these uh, you know these pundits before the year. You know, it's uh, you know he's got a young team, and you know he's there. The narrative was young team, young team, young team, and then. And then they yes. have they play a the narrative good was his games. own doing. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was, and then and then, but like pundits catch on because they're they're making excuses for him, you know, and right, and then uh, they they play a couple good games, you know, they blow out Oklahoma, and they're probably right where they should be, <laughs> like at five and three, but they're they're uh, competitive, you know, and it, they're they're blowing games, they're blowing games in Sark fashion, but. It, it's like he, you probably need to have these big expectations for him in year three, but because because he's Sark, <laughs> and he's he always an digs his own, he digs his own grave. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you're just quiet and not trying to hype up yourself all the time, you know. But he is coaching at Texas, so you kind of get what you get. Um, I mean, if do we want do we want Kwiatkowski back? <laughs> no. Well, here's the one thing, though. I'm going to point out something. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, <laughs> speaking of San Jose State defensive coordinators, if you guys remember when Camp Bear was part of, like, the we had the worst defense in the Pac-10 three years in a row, 05, 06, 07. Camp Bear mm-hmm. gets fired. Uh, forced out basically by uh, my my impression of it was it was actually Emmert that helped pull the trigger there. So they get rid of Emmert, or excuse me, they get rid of Kent Bear. Then they bring in uh, whoever that guy was that had been a coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And then of course we had the worst Donatelle. defense in the league, Donatelle <laughs> and I dog always called him Donatelli. Um, so then what happens, Kent Bear goes to San Jose State, and halfway through the next season, San Jose State had, like, the number two ranked defense in the in the nation. And I don't know how they finished that year, but I remember that being pointed out on the Husky Half Brains podcast that Kent Bear's San Jose State defense was number two in the nation after he'd had the worst in the conference three years in a row. My point being is that 
if Quat did, I'm not saying we need to bring him back here, but who's to say he wouldn't come back here and suddenly we're, uh, you know, we're the third best defense in the conference or something? I if mean, you, if you, is he – when he was like when, – when the defense started really struggling and was getting to be like, you know, soft and bend but don't break, wasn't that more when Jimmy started being the play caller? It, yeah, it seemed to – I'm not saying that it was what happened there, but, yes, they ended up doing that co-thing, and then we seemed to lose something after that, an edge. Yeah, and I, I haven't looked, but it's, it's Kent it's – not Kent Bear. Uh, there's something i got to add about Kent Bear in a, in a second. But uh, um, is Kwiatkowski, is he uh, is he sharing play-calling duties at all? or That I don't know. Oh, Based on yes, what they're paying Kent him, Bear, I would doubt this, it. This, this is what I was going to add on Kent Bear, uh, defensive coordinator for Montana. Including last year, and they're year. five and one, right? Yeah, including last year, he was the defensive coordinator. So. He was at Husky Stadium for that win. <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't know that's, that. That's where that's I was. Great. I, I was going to say it was. I was going to say he was Colorado's defensive coordinator, but he was like ten years ago. Uh, but yeah, I, I when you said Ken Bear, I was like, I was like, God, he got he. Uh, he beat the Huskies in some big game, and I couldn't remember where it was, but, yeah, it was Montana last year. Yeah, so. I'm surprised that never came up in the media, but that I know of. Well, I don't know. That's funny. I, I don't listen to softy like some people. But. <laughs> I don't go back and I don't go back and listen. I don't go back and listen to our old podcast, but I, I feel like it got – I feel like somebody brought it up. I feel like somebody oh, brought I don't it remember. up like – like that's where I that's where I had had heard it. So, um, and, and by the yeah. way, and I, and, and yes, I do think Jaden Ott is a good-looking young running back. So I'm not disparaging him at all. But Gilmore must have brought him up about 48 times or something. Jaden Ott yeah, had 14 carries. Jaden Ott had 14 carries for 38 yards, an average of 2.7 yards a carry. So. It's it's not like he went off on us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so some questions here. Law Dog one. Will Tosh Lupoy stymie our offense and force the game plan like this first half at Cal, or will we be too far behind from the start and we'll divert to the long bomb incompletions in quarter one? Tosh being at Oregon, of course, <laughs> for our listeners that don't know. Uh, I don't really have a comment, so. Yeah, I don't really have anything. Well, I, I don't. Thud. I don't think I don't. I don't think Oregon's defense is that great. I I just think they're. Uh, I think their their offense. You know. They hire a defensive coach, and their offense is clicking again. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to – We're going to uh, lose – it's going to be like 66 to 34. That's my prediction right now. <clears throat> yeah, I would say something similar. They're going to be able to – I think they'll move the ball. I think they'll struggle in the red zone. But then they'll, the defense will get, 
Yeah, I, I, Oregon will not punt. They'll and they'll not take a field goal. <laughs> I, uh, the only hope is that they don't go for two every time. That's the only thing that's going to stop. Uh, and the, the great Bo Nix uh, will, you know, he'll get one game against the Huskies, and then before he goes on his long Arena League uh, career of sucking everywhere else except in the, the magical land of Eugene. Oh, it looks uh, like Logistics has made a, an appearance in the Logistics has made an appearance in the record shop. Haven't seen him around in a while, but yes, <laughs> it is remarkable. Yes, in regards to yeah. Bonix. Yeah. Uh, one to thirty, three hundred and ninety-two thousand eight hundred and thirty-one were taken. Um, posted. It's probably the weirdest <laughs> name on our board. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. There's a lot of weird names, but he says I noticed watching the game last night. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck everyone. That Justin Wilcox isn't even remotely fat. <laughs> Can you analyze what amount between forty and ninety percent this contributed to Cal's loss? <laughs> and he got a he got a bunch of upvotes on that. So uh no no crocs. <laughs> no cross? No crocs. No crocs. Jews. Oh crocs. Yeah, no crocs either. <laughs> I mean, I think so, uh, maybe he's spending too much time in the gym and he's not, you know, doing enough homework for coaching. Not, Not sleeping in his uh Yeah. Sleeping in his office, yeah. Riding his boat to work drinking a uh kale smoothie or something. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever> they... <laughs> uh Sonny Shackelford, he wants to know the estimate of current line for UW at Oregon. I'm gonna say Oregon plus forty five. <laughs> <laughs> In reality, I'm in joking. all seriousness, I'm, I'm guessing 14, would probably 13 or 14. They generally don't. Yeah. It might uh, even be closer eight, to 20. 17. Yeah. Oh, the HB actually posted the very next post, and he said plus 17 and a half, and that's probably fair. That's yeah, probably that's about probably. where it'll end up. <laughs> yeah. They've kind of had teams come back on them, not come back, but make the, the scores closer than they were in a lot of games, too. So I that probably makes sense. That's been legion throughout the conference, have you noticed? There's lots yeah. of 42 to 30 games and that kind of thing. It's the new deal. It's a new new way of it happening. So, Yeah. <clears throat> Sonny Shackelford again. Uh, bi-week plans, he's asking us. Best pumpkin patch in Cedra Woolley. <laughs> Best pumpkin patch memory stories. <laughs> uh, there, there's there's only obviously one. not my wheelhouse. There's only one. It's called BZ Farms or BNZ Farms or something like that. Uh, there's an. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. There's it's uh, in a very hardcore husky answer uh, around the corner from my house. There's a uh, independent one that just opened up, but I can confirm that the guy's property who is on to the sex offender. Uh, but don't worry, he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He Breaking news. <laughs> he was convicted for exposing himself to a, a bunch of 13-year-old girls, but it's okay because his defense was it was their idea, and I'm not making that up. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Understandable. Well. It was their idea. Yeah. As Adam Crow would say, it was totally yeah. natural, totally healthy. 
<laughs> perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. Perfectly normal. There you go. You got it. <laughs> uh, Hugh Husky, can you guys explain how it's possible that the secondary is so bad that they can't even intentionally cause a pass interference penalty, let alone accidentally get called for one? for just getting close to the other team's wide receivers. And he's got a couple more questions, but we'll hit that one first. I don't even know what to say other than it's just these guys, I feel bad for them, actually. They're just they're in a, in a situation where they really don't belong here, and uh, we have nothing else. And we even had a call out for tryouts to the student body. I'm sure that's what that was about, uh, trying to see if they could find a freak athlete that they could train up for a couple weeks and throw them into the fire. But... Um, and it's just a, there's really no answer to it other than, I guess, laziness uh, that we would be so bad off in the one area, like you guys have said repeatedly, the one area that Jimmy Lake uh, um, really succeeded in and excelled in was the defensive backfield, and that, that we have nothing is astonishing. It's incredible. Is, is, Je- is Jacoby Covington even playing at USC? Uh, not really. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think – uh, I read an article about catching up with all the transfers who left the program, and I think he had like five tackles or something to make he play some like mop up time. <clears throat> he would definitely be playing yeah, the, in Seattle, though. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. Yeah, oh, we, we uh, Willie Dugan and I we text back and forth of like you know it's it's kind of like. Uh, I don't know, with a little bit of rubbing it in on all these guys that that spurn the school for for whatever reason, for for honestly no reason, or or uh, you know like JTT drug out his recruitment for for forever. He, everybody knew he was going to Ohio State, and forever for whatever reason he was like, was like, oh, I'm just gonna carry it out till till fucking June, you know for. I don't attention purposes or or what you know and and he's got like seven tackles on the year. Um, I think he reached the board because he got a sack. He got a sack on Saturday. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think he I think he reached the board. Yeah, but, well, I, Iowa's <laughs> offense might be the worst offense in college football, but uh, yeah, I mean these you know Terrell Bynum like like what what. Why are you going down? You you don't do anything at USC. You, you do nothing, you know. And and this whole thing of like, oh, Jeremy Bernard, he's he's uh, you know, if Junior Adams leaves, he's going to follow him. He's not going to stay committed. Well, Junior Adams leaves, and where does he go? Michigan State. <laughs> right. Hey, yeah, good for you, kid. You're you're uh, you're not catching a lot of passes, you know. Right right now, you. I mean, he looked good in like week one, and then he's he's basically been non-existent for, you know, after that. I mean, I think he had one one other, you know, okay game or good game, but you know, and then there, there's one guy, you know, like Emeka Ibuka who, um, yeah, you know, is he's leading good. he's leading Ohio State. He's really good, and he actually, I think he actually wanted to give UW every single chance, you know, to make him come here. And, you know, in the end, he just, you know, he just wanted to go to Ohio State. And I don't blame him. No. Know, I don't blame him. Like, and he, he wasn't, like, too big on, like, you know, it wasn't, like, creating this brand for Emeka Ibuka. Right. You know, it's like, 
you know, he, he just, he just sounds like a guy who just wants to play football, you know? Right. That, that was, that was always my, you know, that just, is, it was always my worry on Savelle Smalls. It's like, yeah. you know, he's, he's like doing all these, you know, this social media shit and then, you know, he's dropping the Huskies, but it, it, and then he comes back to the Huskies and it's like, okay, okay there's something that you're, you're kind of like, you're, you're too much into your own, like your, your own brand, you know, for, you know, to be, are you, are you committed to, you know, grinding, you know, as a football player? So like, anyways, I went, I went off on a tangent, but anyways, you just go all, all these, these players that are transferring out, it's like, Taki Taimani, you'd be the third guy in the the whole rotation right now. But you're going to Oregon, you you do nothing, nothing. For and you went there for a paycheck. You know what? I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know, he might even get in and play significant minutes late in the year if there's injuries or something. You never know how these things turn out. But I under, I hear you. And, I'm and, not uh, and you know. I'm expecting three and a half sacks in a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> the script in the first half before he, and then, and then, and then retire from football the next week. <laughs> Leave a body more like George, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, and Hugh Husky's third question here, we'll just let it go because uh, we already kind of addressed it. It had to do with the you know he's asking what the linebackers even do on defense and refers to Perryman as Traeger Perryman and so um, <laughs> so hey um, let's see the touchdown Cal scored down the sideline at our thirty yard line on third and seven calling press man there was about the dumbest call I've seen from these defensive coaches all year and single handedly got. Cal back in the game. So not really a question, but he's kind of venting there that he's um, not too happy about. And the HB backs him up there with a follow-up post. So I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you, yeah, you're going to have – put, you, you put Perryman it's, it's out bad, there, and he, he, got, he, got, he got work. Um, I don't know what more they need to uh, – I don't know what more they need to see out of Perryman. I mean, was it was was Devon Banks and JV on Green were they were they worse than him? As Kramer would say, yeah, evidently, <laughs> evidently, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing this whole Seinfeld thing, people. So just uh, don't don't pay any attention to me, but. Um, well, it's funny okay. when you brought up the sniff, the sniffing accountant. I, I immediately <laughs> said in my head, I immediately said in my head, oh, here's to feeling good all the time. <laughs> there's the there's the title of our podcast, so we can kind of uh, hide all the negativity underneath the banner of uh, positivity. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. That's a perfect thing there. Uh, H H no bruh. I'm sorry. I said no sweat. Oh, okay. H H bruh says uh, he wants to know the chances, fifty to one hundred percent, that we were overlooking Cal for bye week in the beef. Not at all. No. 
Zero. No, they hit. No, no. You you never. I don't think that you ever overlook a team heading into a bye week because it's the only thing you, that's on your mind. You know. Well, I, I don't think the beef is all that much more important than Cal. No, I think I honestly think um, I texted Wooly Dude this like sometime during the week that like Cal has to look at their schedule and wonder where where the next win is going to be. And they they could have if you look at their schedule, uh, they they always play Washington tough. So they thought you know if we could steal this victory and have some momentum, but if we lose this game, like it could spiral out of control. I mean their their schedule it doesn't you know they they already had Arizona and Colorado, so their schedule is going to be pretty hey, well, uh pretty brutal coming up. Yeah. Willie, getting that wind tunnel effect, FYI. Yeah. Uh, he, he, here's here's California's uh, here's California's uh, schedule: uh, home against Oregon, uh, at USC, at no. Oregon State, home against Stanford, and then home against UCLA. No, they're done. Three and nine. Like they wow. could lose. They could literally lose out. And go three and nine. They, they, you know, they they could uh, possible win against Stanford, but you know, you got the the Shaw rope a dope. <laughs> I mean, we were their one chance, Joey. I I, I, mean, I mean, literally, if 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 <laughs> if you were on that team, you're looking at the schedule ahead, and you're thinking, uh, hey, we always seem to play Washington tough. I mean, I mean we could we could maybe steal a, a victory here. Now you look at it and you're like, you know, if you're if you're a Cal fan, you know, all, you know, under a hundred of them, you know, you're you're thinking, man, we we just gave we just gave a, you know, a you know, a 500 coach, you know, a big extension and I uh, you know, where's the uh where's the light at the end of the tunnel? You know? Not this year, yeah. and uh, I don't even. I wouldn't even want to look at their balance sheet for the athletic department. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's bad. They're, that stadium deal they did was really bad. Mm, bad and the timing. Fact people are yeah. talking about them to go to go to the Big Ten with Washington and Oregon. I mean, ludicrous. Seriously, you well, want that? In if the Big Stanford Ten? went, they would win. Right. I mean, they are right, a major he, university, but, uh, you know, I hear you. Yeah, it, it it could save their program financially, but wow. Oh, here's one totally random positive thing. I really like the idea that the Pac-12 championship, for however long the Pac-12 exists now, but uh, I like it being in Vegas instead of Santa Clara. I really like that idea. I think that's a great, great move. Yeah. Definitely. In normal times, if the Huskies were playing there, that would be a great fun trip. Um, okay, two last questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Fire Marshal Bill says, "When, if ever, will we be at least? When, if ever, will we at least be even with the Ducks? This is pathetic." Uh, 
It would take, as I said at the beginning of the year, it would take DeBoer having like an 11-win season and a big bowl game win, cashing in some with some recruiting, and then taking that momentum forward. That's the only thing that's going to. That's the only thing that's going to do it because we're not going to play the NIL game with them, and they're just going to be on a different level than us. So, and that's just the way it is. Um, unless you know. So, uh, in my opinion, lately they've they've been equal to to the Ducks, just not mentally. You don't yeah. think they're recruiting his head and shoulders? And you follow recruiting much closer than I do, but they're. I don't see how you can make an argument that they're not distancing themselves in the recruiting on the recruiting trail from us. What based on numbers? If you're gonna, know, if I, I've been. But look I look at, at all these. They they get these these four star guys, these fringe four star guys, and granted they they've gotten you know Thibodeau and Flo or whatever. But these fringe four star guys, you know, from like Tennessee and Mississippi and all these guys, like wh- why why didn't Tennessee or Mississippi want these big big time recruits? Well, first of all, they might have more fertile football, and I don't know about Mississippi, but Tennessee certainly, than Oregon. You know, the state of Oregon doesn't produce all that much. So, um, you know, I mean, we were just a few few minutes ago, we were talking about whether Oregon was going to beat us by 35 or 45 or whatever. So, I mean, uh, I think it's... Because they have a thing, they have a, they have a confident program, you know, that, that goes a long ways. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm honestly complimenting them. I mean, they have like a. They have players. I'm serious. They have. They have players like you know, like Brady Breeze is what. What is Brady Breeze? Like a three-star guy from the state of Oregon, and he plays. And he and he played out of his fucking mind for four years for him. It's it's a weird. It's a weird like, you know they they have, they have. uh, you know they have tryhards on their team. You know that if if our defense had been incrementally, I hate that word, given the Woodward history to it, but if our defense had been incrementally getting better throughout this season through the eight games, I would feel like I could spot a trend there that would indicate that even with tryhards on our team, we're going to be something to be reckoned with in the future. And but we've regressed so. You know, I'm not sure. And then how good is our offense if you take out Penix and have Dylan Morris there all year? And I don't hate Dylan Morris, but, you know, uh, we're doubt, I doubt we're 6-2, and two, but we're probably 4-4 four and four or something like that. But And our, our schedule's been pretty soft. But anyway. I think um, Carson Bruner needs to play more. Oh, yes. That was one thing I wanted to say. One tackle yesterday. And uh, for some reason they're hesitant. tackle, too. <laughs> yes. It's 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 baffling. It's incredibly baffling. I don't, you know, I don't get it. Final question of the day from Hard Hat. Uh, he has two here, but I'm just going to bring out one. He says, "Will there be any assistant coach changes?" And we're all just speculating. We're spitting in the wind here with our guesses. Um, he might be forced by a booster to to do something. I don't know how vocal oh. our boosters are, though, but uh, right, we're yeah, Sonic, right, by the right. way. Well, you never He's know. He's been AWOL all year. Yeah. yeah. We need, we need Sonic to his 500 grand back out there. 
I don't think yeah. they do. Seriously, I, I think I, they're good. Go ahead. I, Sorry. No, yeah. Go ahead, Willie. Hello? Oh, uh, my phone just cut out for a second. Uh, oh. I, I don't think so. Uh, you got me? I can hear you. You still have me? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Uh, oh, his mic's not working. I, I, I just oh. don't think the program. Yeah, go ahead. Good pod. We're, we're, we're closing this out with the fury. Yeah. Go ahead. Am I back? Am I back? Am I back? You are. You never left. Okay. Uh, no, I uh, I don't doesn't I don't feel like the program's going to make that drastic of a change. I think uh, I think they'll give him at least another year, uh, unless DeBoer. I think it's on DeBoer. Maybe if DeBoer is like, he's going to go to the school as well and be like, uh, we we got to invest in this because I I just don't see it happening, even though it's disastrous. Okay. Well, the Seahawks game's uh, probably halfway through the first quarter, so uh, this is, uh, I didn't think we were going to have that much to talk about, and we ended up going about an hour 45, I think. So, But uh, anyways, here's to feeling good all the time. <laughs> Damn <And> right. <laughs> talk to you guys right. next week. <laughs> yep, bye. <laughs> right. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...